All right, Red Sox beat CLNS Media. Of course, we are the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for your Boston Red Sox. Don't forget to follow the new Twitter handle if you don't already, at Red Sox CLNS. We're a little rebranding here. Facebook, Red Sox Beat Podcast. Check out the show there. And, of course, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. This season is literally this week, people. It's so exciting. Uh, spring is around the corner. Snow is melting in Boston. Baseball is coming. Full swing opening day only a couple days away now. Coming up this week. Uh, don't forget to keep an eye on the network as well at CLNS Media, at CLNS Media on Facebook as well, uh, and the mobile podcast app. Guys, we're there. We're right around the corner. Uh, the predictions articles out on CLNS for bumping up the Red Sox coverage with roundtables and news feeds are starting, and of course this show as well. Um, it's, I, guys, it's about damn time. I've been waiting like 120 days for this moment, so I'm more than thrilled that we're just days away at this point. So it doesn't really seem like it because it's not even April and it's not really warm outside either. It's so. cold. It's, it's way too cold out to be opening day because the Red Sox come in a couple weeks and I guarantee you it will be cold when they show up at Fenway Park um, after their couple quick game on the road here. But there's a lot of news to be talking about. You know, this time of the year is when you start to see rosters shake up across the league, some key injuries coming up, and this is when teams are really starting to kind of figure out what's going on and make those final decisions. Let's start with Chris Sale because it's minor, but it's definitely – Obviously, kind of sent a shockwave across Red Sox Nation this week. Uh, he took a liner, if you didn't see it, um, in his spring training start. I think it was, what, yesterday? Today? Um, and Yesterday. He yep. He's okay. He took a liner to the hip, but there was no um, signs of an issue, and they said he should be ready to go for opening day. But, guys, um, not anything we really need at this time of year. You know, just get healthy, get to opening day. It sounds like he should be good to go um, and get the ball game won, but uh, just definitely a scary process, and you never really know how that could linger uh, as the season goes on. No, it's definitely scary. And I was watching it, and I just, like, I just put my head down, and I was like, no, not this, not sale. Like, Anyone else? Not, but not Sale. Could be but, the, we could be the Giants. Yeah, very true. That that just sucks for them. But you know, Sale came out. He said he was fine. So I believe him. I have no reason not to believe him. If he says he's fine, he's fine. And I mean, so obviously, you, you take a liner off your hip, it's going to hurt no matter what. Like I'm sure he's sore, but you know, he's our best pitcher on the staff. I don't see it affecting him unless there's some like serious bruising or more to it than he's not saying but if chris sale says he's fine then chris sale is fine yeah i mean you're exactly right because he's not one of those guys who you know bs's the media and like tells them what they want to hear like he pretty much just says exactly what he thinks from what i've seen from last year so he said he's fine he said it's not a problem he said what the reason he fell over so like hard and weirdly is because it hit like some kind of like nerve or something that like sent a wave of pain down his leg mm-hmm. so that's why he fell strangely not because it actually like hurt necessarily from actually getting hit so i think that's all it was that's what that's what freaked people out because he went down so strangely and yeah. it looked really it looked way worse than clearly it was because it's just a bruise and he said he's fine and he will certainly be out there so it was a good freak out for about 45 minutes until he talked in the locker room <laughs> and said yep. it's actually fine don't don't worry about me yeah but Alex and Nick had enough time to do a roundtable where they just absolutely went freaking nuts for like 15 minutes about how terrible this is and how the rotation is destroyed and how it's gonna the season's gonna be ruined before it starts. And then by the time they posted it, he already said he was fine, so that was kind of funny. But I'm not too worried. Yeah, no, I'm not really worried either. It is comical that they did that roundtable fast enough. To, um, <laughs> they got it up real fast. They got it up real fast because <laughs> they had time to get it up and to record it. But look, 
it doesn't concern me because, like you said, Lauren, what he does, he said he's fine. Um, and the way he, they worded it was the fact that it was just that weird shot of pain that went through him more than the lingering after effect. So you keep an eye out as game one start. I can't imagine it's going to be a problem. I, I think he's going to be okay there. But um, you mentioned the rotation, Jess, and then you go to the fact that um, Drew Pomeranz and, and Erod are starting the season on the DL. Pomeranz had that issue starting for spring. It's still lingering. Uh, Erod, we know um, he's been hurt. So the concern for me is, I mean, obviously Brian Johnson's going to get the nod as the fourth starter. Lauren, I'm sure you're ecstatic. Uh, but it's just one of those things now. After that, you're not really sure. And having both these guys on the DL it, it is a concern because your starting rotation needs to be something that's consistent going forward. Yeah, I think we knew kind of going into the season that there was questions around Rodriguez and, you know, obviously with his knee and there were even questions surrounding Steven Wright. So we knew there's a possibility that they'd be without possibly two starters. I didn't really think there'd be three um, with Palmer and starting the season on the DL. But I think, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do and who the fifth starter will be. Obviously, Brian Johnson um, will be the fourth or fifth starter. I think he's more than earned that. He's had such a fantastic spring when it makes just me happy because that's, that's my guy right there. That's that's my man. But I mean, I think I mean I I think we knew Rodriguez was going to start the season on DL before the season even really ended. So yeah, I'm not too concerned about that. A little concerned about Pomeranz just because it's Pomeranz and then Stephen Wright. I'm I'm not even worried about. It. He'll be fine when he gets back. And the problem with Pomeranz too is it's only, it's a forearm strain. So like those things are weird. Because it's just like a lingering thing, you know. His elbow was a weird situation too. Um, I'm not overly concerned about the forearm strain yet because um, they said they said he looked strong in his minor league outing on Friday. But um, I, forearm strains can linger, and that's where that's what's getting me. I'm a little concerned about the, the way the, the what the injury is. Um, but it's apparently he looked strong in his minor league start, so who knows? It might only be a couple starts he misses. Yeah, it's it's hard to tell. Because he's obviously been out longer than I expected. Because after he left that start originally at the beginning of March, he was like, yeah, "I'm fine. Like it's not a problem." They all shut it off, yeah. Right, and now he's not starting the season, so that's kind of like strange to me. But I know he's had issues like this before, so I'm not really worried about him. Erod, I'm not sure because I'm never sure about Erod, <laughs> as, as I don't think anybody is. Seriously. So I don't know what to expect from him. Stephen Wright concerns me a little bit because obviously first he's going to serve his 15 game suspension to start the season, and there was talks of like maybe he's hurt and then if he starts the year on the DL he can't start a suspension yet so there's potential for him to be out even longer but I'm just wondering if missing the first 15 games will kind of throw him off and he'll be like out of rhythm I don't know for sure but I'm slightly concerned about what he will bring just because he hasn't pitched in over a year and now this so I don't know about him so I think they might be leaving leaning heavily on brian johnson at the moment which uh if my prediction comes true um not to bring the predictions in right away but i one of my bold predictions was that Brian Johnson will start 18 games and win 12 of them. So it's bold for a reason, but he might get some starts considering that Wright might struggle, Erod might struggle, and then the other starter, I guess, will probably be Hector Velazquez, but there's been talk of like Marcus Walden and some guys you haven't heard of before. Just, so Haley was another one too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of question marks there at the bottom, but fortunately, you know, a couple off days coming up soon like after the season starts you know the day before the home opener the day after the home opener so they might only need four stars for a while so things might work themselves out at that point but yeah it's always strange going into the year with uh 
<laughs> not even close to what you expect your compliment to be. Well, and I think Brian Johnson might stick around longer than people think because, you know, we really were questioning, you know, who might be that fifth starter. And if he's pitching well, Alex Cora is not going to take him out of the rotation. You know, if he, if he comes in and has a couple of good starts like he's been pitching all spring, you know, you bring – if Pomerantz comes back, great. But then you obviously still need Brian Johnson there. But then when the other guys start to come back, if Stephen Wright comes off the suspension, it's good to go. But Brian Johnson's killing it. There is no way that any of us – and if, I don't think Cora would do this – would just pull Brian Johnson out of the rotation. That'd be moronic. No, you, you can't do that, especially if he's going to pitch how he is in the spring, if he's going to pitch like that in regular season games. You can't take him out because – at that point, then you're you know you're taking away from the team, and if he's going to benefit the team in a positive way, you can't take somebody out who's going to give you solid outings each and every time he's on the mound. And I'm not saying he's going to provide quality outings each time, but if he's going to give you more quality starts than not, you can't send him back to the minors. You can't send him to the bullpen either. Yep. Plus, he's a guy who you know pitched a complete game shutout last Shut year. Shutout Fenway against <laughs> so the like, Mariners. He's, it's not like he's never pitched a game before. He's pitched a couple games and has a little bit of experience, and so I, I think that will benefit him. Well, I think the big thing with Brian Johnson, and, and we've touched on this before, I think the, the mental thing was a huge part of it, right? He looked good before, and then he kind of had the issues, and he got it figured out, and now he claims he's fine, which I think he obviously is, and now he's pitching well, he's got a clear mind, and he's doing what we all thought he was going to do sooner in his career because he was touted to be this, this big lefty hurler, and, and now he's doing that. And now he's able to come in here, you know, throw complete games. He has the endurance to throw the complete game, which not a lot of pitchers do anymore um, because they're not letting them do that. And I think Chris Sale should stop doing that so he can last longer. But he's a a rare breed in the terms of his endurance. So maybe Cora leans on him that way. And that's another way for him to stay in the rotation is just as an innings eater as well because you haven't really had one of those, I mean, besides Chris Sale since Wade Miley because as much as Wade Miley wasn't phenomenal, he could – eat the crap out of a baseball game because the he just pitched nonstop and he could work his way through a game. Yeah, he sure could. And that's a blast from the past. I miss that guy. He's a savage. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think it'll be really be a fascinating storyline the first couple of weeks just seeing how long each of those three guys are out and if the guys who do step in, Jonathan Velasquez, Walden, Haley, whoever, to see if they can make a name for themselves quick enough to actually stick around. Yeah. It'll be um, it'll be intriguing. I think Brian Johnson's gonna have a very very successful year here. Um, and I don't, I don't so you're liking my bold prediction? I don't think it's too bold to be honest. I, I think you could have gone bolder <laughs> because I think he's gonna get a decent amount of starts this year because of what well, he's gonna have question. to what he's gonna have to do at the beginning, and I think he's gonna earn himself to consistently stay in the rotation. Yeah, I think it's the biggest question is just how much you know it could ter- turn true if he pitches enough. If all the guys you're supposed to pitch pitch, then that's not gonna happen. But yeah. I'm relying on a few guys to not do what they should be doing for him to get that. So, that's and if fair. he does, that's great. Exactly. Um, another big storyline outside of the pitching, and this is kind of something we touched on a few weeks ago as spring was progressing because Blake Swihart was playing phenomenal and still is, mind you, um, was that Swihart, Marrero, Brock Holt situation where two of them were going to make this team and one of them was going to get the shaft. And we didn't know which one was going to be. A lot. We kind of all agree that Swihart should be on the roster. Obviously, he's going to be, and it was just a matter of, was Marrero going to get the nod, or was it going to be Brock Holt's time to finally not be a member of the Boston Red Sox? Finally got our answer. Uh, Devin Marrero was traded this week to the Arizona Diamondbacks for, what, cash, right? Or a player to be named later. They haven't decided yet. Uh, yeah, one of the two. Basically, here you go, Arizona. Take Devin Marrero. Um, do you guys like this? I'm kind of still thinking they should have gotten rid of Holt. I still think Marrero has a ton of value, um, but the only thing I can see why it makes sense is just because they brought Nunez back, and it's now becomes kind of very, very clogged there. Yeah, I mean, you nailed it right there. Um, I was surprised to, to see a trade 
Um, it just kind of it was just very random, but I I like it. I don't think I don't think they're going to get rid of Holt as much as I think they should. I just he's such a presence in that clubhouse and such he's so good for that team. Where I don't see them trading him. But, I mean, they may come trade deadline. Anything can happen, but I think it makes the most sense right now. And, and you, you said. I mean, you said it perfectly when they brought Nunez back. Uh, it just makes the most sense for this team right now because they have they have everything they need, and they don't need to carry a plethora of players that aren't needed or aren't going to bring anything to this team throughout the season. So I think it makes sense. I, I prefer Marrero over Holt for the time being, but overall, it definitely makes sense. I fully ex- expected this. I wasn't surprised at all because I just kind of got the sense over the last couple of weeks that Holt was going to stay, and he he seemed like he thought he was going to stay because he he talked to the media a couple of days before that and was just like saying that he expects to be back, and if he's not, then there's going to be other teams interested, so he's going to find a place. So I think he expected to stay, and he did. And I think what killed Marrero was he continued to not hit in spring training. That's been his problem this entire time is he just he has hit. no idea how to hit. Yeah. yeah, and and they said Swire's hitting. And Holt's a good clubhouse guy, and we have a lot of guys that are kind of like Morero, except better. So they said, "Who's the odd man out?" I guess it's him. Yeah, and Brock Holt like can hit better than Holt for the most part, right? I mean, he he didn't hit he hasn't hit 200 before like he did last year. That was an off year with his vertigo and his DL stints and stuff. I mean, the year before was probably more of who he is, like 270, 280, and yep. Morero is definitely not hitting even close to that, and hasn't shown that he can. So I think they just waited long enough on him. He's been here for a while. He's been in the minor leagues for, in the system as a whole, for a long time. And I think they just said, "Time's up." So see ya. <laughs> well, time's definitely up because now you don't have a hole for him, right? Because Nunez is going to be here to play this for the time being. Then Pedroia is going to come back, and Brock Holt does more than Devin Marrero. And if you're not getting rid of Blake Swihart, then there's no place for Marrero. Right. Because Swihart can probably, you know, he can play more positions than Marrero, and he's obviously a much better hitter. So you'd just be, honestly, it would just be stupid at this point not to do what they did. So I think they kind of just had to. Exactly. No, you definitely had to. And I think for the most part, um, this Red Sox team moving into the season is starting to shape up now that Core is making these decisions. Um, And you'll obviously have to kind of see where it goes. Um, But I I think that trade made the sense because of the fact that Marrero just can't hit the hit the ball at all like even Jackie Bradley Jr. is a better hit than hitter than he is like he this guy cannot hit the, hit the baseball so I'm um, intrigued to see how he does at Arizona obviously wish him the best and uh good old friend Tori Lavulo is getting a player out there in Arizona so well that's that's why it's good because he goes to a place with guys he's familiar with exactly which so is that, nice that'll help the transition and you know Lavulo knows how he plays because he saw him so uh that'll help as well uh, you're tuning in right now Red Sox beat here on CLNS Media of course brought to you by our good friends at Draft. If you love fantasy baseball, guys, then you need to try my new favorite app. It's called Draft. It's daily fantasy baseball, but not like the other guys. On Draft, you play live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long league, guys. This draft lasts for just one night, and you're done drafting. That's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Just set it and forget it. And the best part, you play for cold, hard cash and get paid out the next day. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft for everyone. I did a draft here the other night. It wasn't baseball yet because the season hasn't started, but uh, I did a basketball draft, and and guys, it's cool because we all love the drafting experience, right? So league was full, had our draft. It was, I had to prepare like it was like my season-long league. It was great. Drafted that night, and the best part about it is not everyone had the same league. I was able to get um, Anthony Davis, and no one else had Anthony Davis, and that's the best part about it. And I know you guys have already kind of dabbled into it too, and the best part about it was that the fact that players are not the same on every team. 
yeah, I think that's a huge difference from from normal uh, normal drafting with these these one day things, you know, where you can't, you know, anybody can get the same guy. Like, oh, everybody, everybody has LeBron James. Like that's not that's not as fun. This is more personalized with with uh, like a normal a normal season long draft. So I think that's a cool little a little touch that that draft has that others don't. Yeah, that's the best part. That not everybody's going to have that same one player where it kind of takes away the competitiveness of it. So it's definitely definitely. A lot more fun. Yeah, it's great, and of course you can uh, jo- you can join me on Draft today. Just search Draft in your App Store or play right from your computer on Draft.com. And for a limited time only, all Red Sox beat listeners get a free entry into a real money baseball draft when you make your first deposit. Check it out, but you have to use my promo code Red Sox Beat. That's right, play a real money game for free just for using my promo code Red Sox Beat when you make your first deposit. Search Draft in your app store or simply go to draft.com and enter the promo code red Sox beat guys it's, it's a really phenomenal app definitely go check it out um and as the season progresses we'll be on there more and more as well uh so we'll be able to check it in and kind of share our experiences and there's definitely some promising news which uh is around the league which we'll get to um in terms of Otani not even being in the majors, some sad news in, in the Giants' land because there's two major injuries there. But um, first, the predictions piece is up on Cianos Media. We talk about it every year um, because we put it together. It's bold predictions for a reason. It's very entertaining. Um, so I'll give this one to Jess because Jess puts it together. Jess organizes it, and Jess has some favorites, so we're going to go back and forth a little bit here. Yeah, I think where we want to start is just kind of our thoughts on on some of the over-under picks we have. Uh, and obviously one of the big ones that a lot of people are talking about is how many wins this team's going to get. And our uh, over-under number was uh, 93.5. Most of the staff picked over. Um, I know me and Lauren both picked over. Um, seems like people are thinking like 94 to 96 wins as opposed to the 93 from the last two years. So I want to start with that. Jared, where, where do you think this team's going in terms of wins? Um, I think it's under. And of course I do. Um, but I think the pitching at the beginning of the year is going to be more of a concern than people are kind of making it out to be. And I think I, I kind of honestly would have leaned over about two weeks ago. Um, but the way this is going, and I don't know if I need to see the offense per, like really kind of play itself out. Um, I would love to say over. And like I said, two weeks ago, I might have. But right now I'm leaning towards under about 91, 92 wins. Okay, fair enough. Um we don't need to go into yours, Lauren. They can read. You said 97. Um, which <laughs> Not everybody can read, Jess. Don't be right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to move on to other ones. Um, Lauren, talk to me about J.D. Martinez and his homers. Uh, we talked. We, we did that. Uh, we said 35 and a half was the number. And actually, most of us said under that around like 30 to 32. You said 40. So since you're kind of the outlier with, with uh, the Martinez number, uh, why do you think he's going to hit 40 in his first year? I just think... He's gonna. I think he's gonna have a better season than what, than what people are really thinking. I mean, I know last year he had a lot of home runs, and I'm pretty sure it was Mike Setapani who said it was a fluke, and he's gonna hit like 12 home runs. It wasn't that low, but um, that's a joke. He's he's been raking the ball. Kid can hit now. Like no, that's what? a joke. Mike Setapani, come on, dude. <laughs> come on, Seta. Come on. That's terrible. Like, and that's the thing. I I, I think like I said he's going to have a better season than what people are pegging him for. And I think because the Red Sox didn't get Stanton, they're kind of meh on Martinez. And we're happy he's here, but I don't think there are, like there's people out there who aren't as excited for him as they really should be because he's, he can really hit this ball. He's a home run hitter. He's a power hitter. And I just think 
he's going to go above the expectations that a lot of people have for him. Oh, Lauren, you're so right. Fair enough. <laughs> so he's, right. he's, I love he's, it. He's hitting forty ding dongs, guys. Come on, this dude's hitting. He's moving to Fenway Park, and you're not going to let him hit forty home. How can you respectfully be? I'm sorry. I'm going to rep on Seta for a second here. Michael Setapani. He's dude. He's going, at twenty, by the way. He's 20, twenty home runs playing at Fenway Park half your games, and that he can hit like that. Come on, dude. He look what he did in Arizona, and that ballpark is meant for pitchers. Never mind coming to Fenway Park, one of the smallest parks in the league, besides the Wiffle Ball Park in the Bronx. Like. Are you kidding me? That's a joke. 40 home runs. Let's go. 40 ding-dongs. I'm all in on JD. Hell yeah. I'm picking 40 ding-dongs next year. I'm saying 33 this year. Either one's good. I say that's but he's hitting quality. Number, he's hitting number 30. There's no doubt about it. I don't see how he wouldn't hit any, more, any less than that. So we'll see what happens. Um, heavy topic here we're talking about all the time on the show, Rick Porcello. So, of course, we threw in Rick Porcello's ERA. Uh, you know what me and Lauren think about Porcello. We think he's better than other people do. So, Jared. Is the ERA going to be under or over 4.20? Oh, that's high. It has to be under. Uh, yeah, right. no, that, that's a little high. Um, if you set it at like 3.8, I might say over. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was at 4 or like a little bit under. Um, and that's all you really need him to be, to be honest, if the rest of the rotation does what they're supposed to. Um, especially if Pomerantz comes back and pitches even close to what he did last year. But I, I don't see Porcel being absolutely terrible this year. Um Last year was not good, and even that it wasn't as bad as it was in like uh, a couple years ago, whatever year, 2015, 2016. Um, I think overall he's going to be better than he was last year, and he has to be. He really has to be, or this team's not going to do well. Yeah. No, he's, he's a big X factor, so especially with guys on the shelf to start the season. So very interesting one there. And the last over-under I want to talk about is uh, Andrew Benintendi and Mookie Betts' combined stolen bases. Our over-under was 50 and a half. Now, me and Lauren are both very different on this, so I want to give our takes, and then I want to see see what if Jared uh, splits the difference on it. Lauren, you said over. You said 60 stolen bases combined for them. Tell me about that. I don't think it's. Um, out of this world to think each of them are going to steal 30 bases each. Um, they're fast. They're and We saw this team get aggressive last year on the base path, and it did get a little sloppy. But I also think Cora is going to utilize the speed on the base path, with especially with Betts and Benatendi. They're, they're quick. And if Benatendi, I mean, that, if they're even going to get on base, because all they do is hit home runs. But like, I just don't see something like, or something like with people like Benatendi and Betts if they're on base, they're going to try to steal because they're going to get their, themselves in the scoring position. And we know we know they both can get on base when they need to. So they get on base when they need to. They're going to put themselves in the scoring position when they need to. I don't see I don't see 50 being like the number to beat. So I just I just I have a lot of faith in this team clearly, but so what I said with this, I said 42 because First of all, if they both have 30-plus, then they could potentially both be 30-30 players, and having two of those is insane. I just don't see that happening. So I'm saying like 20-21 each. I think it's more reasonable because I think they're going to be more focused on hitting home runs because they're both they're hitting a lot of home runs in the spring, and uh, they both have a lot of power. So I think the focus is going to be more on the power, and the steals are just going to come where they come. So that's why I'm saying 42. So Jared, be the be the, the peacemaker here. Where are you going on this? What was the number again? What was the over-under number set at? 50 and a half. 50 and a half. Yep. It's, it's so hard because it's a new manager. That's the problem. Because you mm-hmm. don't really know his style. Like, under John Farrell, I might say over because he just liked to run, like, super aggressively. I don't know why because he was super timid behind the mic. But I have to lean to the under 
because I don't know Cora's style. I have to say like 48, 49 because he doesn't want to see what he knows what happened last year. How many base times, how many base runners got thrown out on, on the base pass? It was a lot because they were super aggressive. I don't think he's going to come in here and be that aggressive right away. Um, I think eventually they might get there because this team does have a ton of speed, and I think he'll utilize it. But right away, I think he's 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 not afraid to make the tough call, but I don't think he's going to just dive right in, I mean, that being Cora. Um, and that, that's the big one in this one. If I knew his managerial style, I might say over. I don't know. Um, but right now, I'm going to stay on the side of caution. 49. All right, fair enough. Um, so let's give a couple bold predictions here because um, there were some interesting ones. Uh, the first one to start with is one a guy that a lot of people talked about, and <laughs> it's Blake Swihart again because people just seem to love to make predictions about him. Um, so we had a couple here. Um, one was that um, Mike Setapani said that Swihart's going to hit 25 homers and take over an outfield position from Jackie Bradley Jr. So that's one take, one bold prediction. Lars Yesterby said that Blake Swihart's going to be the predominant utility guy in in place of Brock Holt, and they're going to have him play outfield positions, and that he's he's going to basically become the new Brock Holt. That I would and, Yeah. And then um, Lauren said that Blake Swihart, again, as she said a couple of years, is going to be an all-star again. So we got several different Blake Swihart takes. I guess, should I ask you, Jared, what is he going to do this is year? Is Blake Swihart <laughs> going to have enough games to be an all-star? That's like the biggest question. Like, is he going to be play enough? Um, I'll, I'll get it right. I'll get it right one of these years. One of these years. When he's on another team. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Because I want him to be the next Brock Holt. That's what I want him to be if he stays here. Because I think he's just better than Brock Holt all around. Um, and I hope they use him more to that role. Um, I don't want him catching. I'd rather him out in the field doing his thing that way. Um, but I don't know if he'll be here long term because I think he wants to catch still. I think he just still thinks of himself as a catcher. And if he can be versatile, that's great. But some team will still see value in him catching. So long term, I don't think he's going to be here. But this year, I think he becomes Brock Holt. I think he's going to play more than Brock Holt does. Right away, he might start as the Brock Holt. Like, I don't think he'll play less than Brock Holt right away. So Jared's on the uh, on the Lars bandwagon of, of super utility guy. I love it. And Lauren, I guess you're on the Setapani bandwagon of him playing an outfield position frequently to get 25 homers, right? He'd have to, wouldn't he? You, you think. I mean, he, he can't be playing part-time. <laughs> yeah, and, part-time all-star. Woo! I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's I possible. mean, if he's playing part-time and hitting 25 home runs, though, then that's fine, too. But, Seriously. you know, I think I said two years ago he was going to be an all-star, and then he got hurt, and then... I don't know. I think I said something about him last year, and I'm like, well, let's just stick with it this year because he's having a really good spring, and bold predictions are supposed to be fun and bold, and I think that's pretty bold. It's very bold. But don't forget that Brock Holt was an all-star as a utility man. Maybe he shouldn't he sure have been. sure was. But that's, that's, cause that's going along with that. He should not have yeah. been. So It happened, though. <laughs> um, here's one that I love, um, and because I think it's hilarious, is actually another Lars prediction. He said that Andrew Benintendi is going to hit more homers this year than J.D. Martinez. I'm sure, Jared, you're going to laugh because you just said Martinez is going to hit 40. I don't think you think Benintendi is going to hit 42, do you? No. God, no. <laughs> uh, he might hit, like, 20. Um, if he does, he's getting tested for all sorts of steroids. Yeah, no. If he comes back with no hair, a, a new girlfriend, and a bunch of homers, he's getting tested for something. <laughs> yeah, so that's a pretty funny one. Uh, and then one more I want to go over is uh, there are a couple from Rafael Devers, one of those from me. Um, I said he's only going to hit 14 homers. I just think that he's going to kind of drop back a little bit and maybe not have as much power 
this year as he had last year, just playing a full season. Maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. That's that's what I think with him. Uh, and then Nick Qualia said he's going to finish in the top two for MVP race. So we're on very, very different uh, opinions on Devers. So I kind of want to hear from both of you guys, actually. What do you think Devers actually is going to do? Is he a 14-homer guy or is he a top two MVP? Lauren, go ahead. Oh, it's funny because um, I want to talk about Devers today because, I mean, I think he's going to be good. But today, my grandmother was like, I'm not all in on this Devers guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> because she said that. I love your <laughs> she, She's like, I don't see what everyone's fascination is about him. Like, she was just not having it. So, I'm like, she knows something that we don't. So, I'm going to gonna side with her. Grandma's and Vegas I think, now, huh? Oh, yeah. And I think he's going to be a 14 to... 16 maybe 18 home run kind of guy and but that's okay he's 20 years old he's not supposed to be well he is supposed to be really good but i'm not expecting a huge mega year from him but we don't, we I don't guess, need to hit 45 homers as a 20 year old no. <laughs> i mean it, that'd be cool but i think that'd be peaking a little too early but no i, I think he's just going to be a your really really good third baseman i see you know as he gets older and gets more into his career like 20 25 maybe like high 20s for homers but um, i'm with jess on this one and starting with grandma i have to she's not in not in endeavors and i don't or, think or he's Devers. Like, or <laughs> I'm, I'm with her yeah um i won't say i'm 100 percent in on devers um or devers but or devers whatever you want to call <laughs> um i think I think my boy Quags is a little crazy. I mean, it's bold for a reason, but like second in the MVP voting is a little nuts. Um, but I think he's going to have a good year. I think he's a steady player. Now, is his defense going to be a little rough at the beginning of the year? Of course it is because he's not known for his defense, but it, supposedly it's gotten better. He was working with Mike Lowell for the majority of the spring while he was down there. So that is obviously a plus. And you know he can hit the crap out of the ball, so that's going to keep him in the lineup because he was so consistent last year, and I don't see him coming up here this year for his first full season and just sliding down. I don't see it. I just, I'm not all off on, on the train. I'm not all on. I'm kind of right in the middle, and I hate to say that because I always crap on anybody who gives me a middle-of-the-road excuse, like no really answer, but it's really hard to do anything but that because he can hit like crazy, but his defense I haven't seen yet. So kind of in the middle. Well, there you go. So I hope that whets everyone's appetite for uh, for some predictions. Uh, it's a small sampling. We got a lot more for you to look at, and a whole uh, roundtable with Nick and Alex about their thoughts on it. So you can hear our thoughts on it, their thoughts on it, and every single person's predictions. So if that's the kind of thing that tickles your fancy, go over to clnsmedia.com, check it out, and uh, also it's on our Twitter, on our pinned tweet on uh, Red Sox CLNS. So that's your predictions. Take it to the bank. And there are other things that might tickle your fancy, but they don't belong in the Red Sox beat prediction article. So stick it to baseball, people. <laughs> stick it to baseball. All right, before we get out of here, uh, just a couple things we want to touch on around the league. Um, one, the Giants situation. Madison Baumgartner broke his hand, and Jeff Samarja is already on the shelf as well. Guys, the Giants, this was supposed to be the year. It's an even year. Uh-oh. Trouble trouble out there in the Bay, the Bay City. Man, that, that just sucks because your last – Sorry, and you break your hand. Like, I mean, it just sucks. And it was an unlucky bounce, but it doesn't sound like he's going to miss, obviously, a good chunk of time. It sounds like he'll be back around June, which is still enough time for this Giants team to still have a good even year. But, I mean, they're already getting hit with, you know, Samarja and now Bumgarner. It's, that just sucks. I mean, 
you can't you can't catch a break. I mean, the the dirt bike incident was his fault, but this just you never want to see this happen. Yeah, it's uh, never something you want to see, and it's weird for him because a guy who was so consistent, you know, he's going to pitch every game every season and have his two point one two ERA and his 18, 19, 20 wins. So well, he goes from that to now a guy who can't even stay in the field. He has this dirt bike incident, he misses most of the year, and now this right before the season starts. So. He can't catch a break. I know they're hoping he comes back sooner rather than later and that he recovers quickly from the surgery. But, man, from a guy who used to be so steady, uh, not so much anymore. Uh, Baumgartner's timetable is six to eight weeks, and Samarja's is three weeks to a month. So um, Samarja will be back sooner. Um, but like like you guys are saying, Giants is just a struggle of that rotation was supposed to be just filthy, right? You know, you still have Johnny Cueto um, plus these guys, and now Cueto becomes the guy for a little while, and you got to see if this team can kind of stumble up. Like, you, you, they moved, they got, they made the move for Evan Longoria, they brought him in. Uh, Pablo Sandoval's still on this team, right? As far as I know. They got McCutcheon, too, right? Uh, they got McCutcheon. Like, they made moves. So their offense is good. And their offense is good, and now their offense is going to have to carry them until they can get these guys back, and the pitchers they do have are going to have to figure it out. I don't think the Giants can be bad by any means. They're not going to be what they were last year because they made moves to bring in too much talent to be bad. Um, but they're not going to be as good as record-wise as they might have been, but now they're going to be fighting for a wild-card spot to get in the playoffs because the first month, month and a half, you're missing two of your best pitchers. So that's going to be the struggle for them. Um, and another team that's going to be struggling, supposedly, is the Angels because they brought in a dude who picked them Unfortunately, that that they, he picked their fate for them. Uh, Otani, who was supposed to be this big stud, um, they're talking about starting him in AAA, guys. And um, one, do they do it? And two, what what has been his problem? Because you know he's supposed to be this guy coming in, um, and now you know I'm doing a fancy baseball draft, and I don't even want him on near my team. No, I mean it, it's weird. I mean I, maybe it's just the transition over to you know playing o- over here. I, I don't know what it is. I, I'm every time I've watched him, I'm just like this guy is not anything. What they're saying, like it's really, it's interesting and it's disappointing because I obviously want him to be good, but at the same time, I was like, maybe it's just it's jitters or it's the transition and he just kind of needs to work through it. But it's it's funny that he goes from being like he's this big stud, he's going to be really good. It's like oh maybe he's going to start in AAA. It's like what the hell happened? Well, I mean, there are a lot of these guys who just come over here, and it's just not the same for them. Daisuke Matsuzaka. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, this could this turn into a situation? I know that this, this guy is not from Japan, but Marizne Castillo, big deal. Pay a ton of money. Can't even get out of AAA. I mean, it if he starts well the year AAA, it could, start in, you know, it could start in that path. I think the so. biggest thing is, and we've seen it, is just he can't hit a curveball. Like he looks like he's in high school when he gets to the plate because he cannot hit a good curveball. Um, he's okay with the fastball, but he hasn't pitched well when he got on the mound either. And it's just they sealed the fate. They let him pick where he wanted to go, and he picked the Angels. And now it's they got to figure out what they want to do. They have they made a long term commitment to this kid, and now it needs to be a do we piss him off a little bit and and leave him in the minors and do what's best for the long term development and really work his game or start him in the big league roster? I think they need to start him in AAA. Um, because they, if he starts in the big leagues and can't hit the crap out of the ball or hit the ball or pitch well at all because he can do everything apparently, then it's just going to stun his, his growth as a player even more. Yep. I totally agree. If they start him in the majors and he isn't good, 
it might just totally might just wreck his him. Career. So, so um, that's yeah. a that's a big storyline because of the name and what it was over the off season. So um, that one's gonna kind of be kind of crept here as as we especially even get closer to the season because they got to figure out where he's gonna start the season. So um, we'll really know what they're thinking long term by the what they do in the next week or so before the season starts and where they start him and what roster he's on. So I uh, wanted it there. Season's here. It's so exciting, guys. It's, it's baseball time. Don't forget to follow uh, the Twitter handle at Red Sox CLNS for roundtables. If you want to see Nick Qualia or Alex Barth, more Nick Qualia, start yelling and screaming at random things. Roundtables are your thing. Uh, check out the news feed. Check out our show, of course, Red Sox feed on Facebook. It's right into rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. We're back. We're, we're full and locked and loaded and ready to go. It's baseball season. Next time we talk to you guys, we're going to have baseball games to talk about, and that's going to be hey. a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, like I said. And, of course, don't forget to use our code RedSoxBeatOnDraft um, to check out the uh, the wonderful world of draft, the new way to play Daily Fantasy. We'll be back next week. Jess Thomas, Lauren Campbell, I am Jared Scali. This has been, of course, Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Media. Happy baseball season, everybody. <laughs>